Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are going to be diving into the world of spiritual awakenings and I think we're going to really share a little bit about how it's looked for us as we've come through our journey but also just have a bit of a discussion about what spiritual awakening means and all the delicious goodness around that but also some of the things that people might feel a little bit uncomfortable and a bit scared about. So going to be a really fun episode, get ready to dive in but before we do that as always let me just check in. Erin how are you today? I'm well, thank you very much. Um, warmer this week. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably because the fire's cranking. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm good. I'm um, looking forward to this conversation. I think this is something we've both sort of talked about quite a lot at various times, both between the two of us and with our clients and also, you know, in the the wider world. And um, it's an interesting topic, I think. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes forward. But um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, we did end up with a three-year-old in bed with us for um, a number of hours last night, so I didn't sleep quite as well um, as I perhaps would have done, but she is very cheerful this morning, so clearly it was the right solution for her. Um, yeah, but on the whole, pretty good, just busy keeping you know, keeping the general balance of life going at the moment, you know, the work, the children, the family, the household, got some soup bubbling away um, in the in the kitchen at the moment. So yeah, we are all good here in Christchurch. But spiritual awakening, it's, um, it's one of those things that's almost become like a bit fashionable in the past sort of few years. It's not something that certainly, you know, five or six years ago, I remember noticing or hearing as much about, and that could well be that I wasn't quite in that world as much as, as I am now. But it does feel like it's gathering some momentum and there is sort of this bigger awareness of people having spiritual awakenings or realising that those thoughts that are changing within them, that, that wider sense of awareness means something more than just a wider sense of awareness. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's become more socially acceptable to talk about it. I think <laughs> that's probably the key because, I, you know, if you pay any attention whatsoever to this spiritual thought 
leadership. Um, then obviously, you know, 2011, 2012 was kind of that coming into the age of Aquarius and changing thought process around what spiritual or changing consciousness around what spirituality looks like and all of that sort of stuff. But I do think in recent times it has become much more mainstream in terms of the conversation. Uh, there are pretty big names in the world that have shared what spirituality looks like for them. Um, whereas five years ago, that might not have been an acceptable conversation for them to be having out in the wide world. So I, I definitely think there has been a shift in terms of the willingness to talk about it and the probably the openness that people have around their own experiences with it. Does that answer your question? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think you're right that it has become much more socially acceptable to talk about. And also, I think so many more opinions and approaches and it's become less only happens one way, I suppose, it, it, for want of a better word. It's kind mm. of taken from to some people, it still is a very deeply spiritual experience that it is really like that sort of connecting to to that higher self and that source of truth in a very um sort of spiritual way but to others i think it's actually just having a deeper awareness that there is more out there in life that there is more to you than just your human existence and i think what we're starting to see is an acceptance that however it looks for you is okay and i think that's reflected in the vast array of books um, podcasts programs out there now you know you can literally pick and choose what aspects of spirituality you want to take on or that speak to you or that inspire you so you don't have to just follow one person's experience or one person's thoughts mm. you can actually be much more open to it being what's right for you and I, that for me is very exciting I think that that feels like a real move away from this need to be indoctrinated into one specific way of thinking which has been very much the way that certainly the patriarchal you know ways of doing things have been you know that the age of Aquarius is moving from the age of Pisces which was the um which was the patriarchal way of doing things and now we're into this space which is all about balance and harmony so it's not about going back to a matriarchal structure it's about finding a balance of the um, divine feminine and the divine masculine or the awakened feminine and awakened masculine and I think that we're starting to see that as people come through they're actually starting to be much more aware of the need for balance at the same time that creates a huge amount of unrest in people who aren't ready for that who haven't had the spiritual awakening who haven't had that that realization that there's more to the lives that they've been living um, than they perhaps first thought so I think that explains a lot of what's going on in the world at the moment that there is this real sort of um, you know fight against what where we're going there's the the old guard who want to to keep it as it was and then there's the the people who have been having the awakenings there is the rising of consciousness there are people who know that there is more there than just them that are trying to push forward and there's a real sort of battle about who's going to who's going to win at the moment it's funny I've just been watching the Gilded Age which is um a program a bit like Downton Abbey but set in America and it's all about the old New York money and New York New New York money and there was this real battle about like who was going to you know reign supreme who was going to hold on to the power and actually how there was a real jostling for it and you know the changes that people had to start to both sides had to sort of 
find their way forward and, and it really reminded me a little bit of what's been going on um at the moment around the world in terms of this sort of this this fighting against the old way and and the, the new way of doing it but i mean that's going quite deeply into the spiritual awakenings first of all i'd love to for you to share your story because i think it's it's really interesting how different yours was to mine and i think it's just a great way to um to share with people listening that whatever is going on for you is your journey and your experience and that's totally fine and it can be completely different to you know your friend or your sister or your coach or whoever it is it, your business partner. Yeah. yeah or your business partner <laughs> in our case so yeah go on over to you what share, yeah. share your story I, mean, I think I've always kind of thought that a, a spiritual awakening was kind of more of an awakening of your curiosity around it where it's like, okay, so I'm aware that there is something more than just humanness to who I am. So now that I'm curious, let's explore that. Turns out that my experience was quite different to that though. I don't think it was necessarily an awakening of a curiosity so much as it was like a flooding in of all this crazy stuff that I couldn't explain and that I had no real control over. So for me, I, you know, I'm obviously, I've just turned 40. Um, my spiritual awakening of sorts kind of happened at, at the age of 38 where I had always had an awareness of like, I knew that there were concepts within me that didn't um, fit with just being human. Um, but I'd never really taken the time to genuinely explore them or seek out some sort of guidance or answers around any of that stuff. I just kind of had it, you know, underlying my reality, but um at the age of 38, I had someone tell me that I was a psychic medium and that I could, you know, talk to um, deceased people and, you know, connect with spirit and and I could see things and, and hear things that other people couldn't. And, you know, for me, apart from initially thinking that that person was batshit crazy, um, I kind of navigated my way through a really sharp experience I think like there was lots of stuff that suddenly happened that I couldn't explain and I couldn't control and felt really overwhelming and um you know it was it was deeply uncomfortable it wasn't you know the kind of nice awakening that you hear of where you're like I can go out and into the world and I can read this book and I can buy this oracle deck and I can try these things and it'll just be lovely and I'll be able to you know meditate my way through it um it didn't feel like that at all for me there were times when it was quite dark there were times when it felt really out of control and like I was not able to, to sort of bring myself back to a grounded place. But I think that's probably what I needed for myself. Um, if it had happened slower, I probably wouldn't have gone as deep as I have. Um, and I probably would have tried to control it more than I have. And I think that's probably the key for me is that I actually needed to be out of control because my logical brain and my my inner critic or whatever you want to call it is so strong that I would have shut it all down and I wouldn't have explored it and I wouldn't have been curious about it so that's kind of where I guess my awakening feels different to a lot of the people that I'm connected with that being said uh, my wife has a very similar sort of experience in in terms of her spiritual awakening and um, and certainly I've got friends who have had similar awakenings as well. So it's not abnormal. It's just, I think, you know, spiritual awakening is a spectrum. 
um, like just about everything else. And sometimes it'll be slow and you're able to navigate it with a gentle curiosity and just kind of explore what feels good. And other times the universe will deliver a much quicker, um, less controlled kind of experience for you, but it will always serve you with how you need it to show up. Um, and I think that's probably for me that one of the, the key lessons that I've come to over the time that I've been going through that. And for you with hindsight, which of course is a wonderful um, thing. Do you think there were indications of a spiritual awakening before the big, you know, like you're a psychic medium, um, everything else? Do you think like there was opportunities before then for for that curiosity to be sparked? Um, you know, we talk about feather brick truck. Do you think spiritual awakening can be a little bit like that? Um, I do think it can be a little bit like that. I think um, when I look at my life, you know, as a child, I remember random things happening that now I can explain, but I couldn't when I was younger. And, you know, as I grew older, you know, I, I think I've talked about before, like my trying to identify who I am um, and, you know, and using the labels that humans use to try and do that. Uh, I had to navigate that from a perspective of understanding that, my humanness isn't all of me, but I didn't probably dive into that any further than just finding a way to find comfort in that space. And, you know, it, I had some pretty serious mental health issues when I was a young adult. So, you know, late teens, early twenties. Um, and I had uh, problems with addiction and that sort of stuff that I think all come back to the tension that I was living in between being human and being a spiritual being and not having the right connection between those two to actually feel comfort around it. I'm not sure that I was equipped with what I needed to be equipped with in order to navigate anything earlier than I did, but that doesn't mean I couldn't have, I don't think. I think it just means that I needed to, you know, have a little bit more willingness and a little bit more confidence um, and a little bit like I didn't have the kind of support network then that I had now or when I was going through it initially um, and in all honesty it was crucial that I had that support network um, the potential was there and I felt the potential there for you know problems like mental health or addiction to rise again if I hadn't had the right support to navigate it Mm, that, well, that was going to be my next question is that how did you, like it was such a short, sharp, bang, this is happening now. How did you, how did you Slap manage that? How, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, hey, wake up. This is what's going on yeah. for you. Like, how did you, how did you navigate your way through it? Because obviously if you've had those experiences in the past where, you know, ways of dealing with difficult times have ended up in, you know, real challenges with addiction and, and with mental health issues, that must have been quite scary to be in a situation where that had an opportunity to potentially you know, happen again? Yeah. Like how did you work through it? The knowing that that stuff had the potential to come forward again was part of the way to avoid it, first and foremost. Um, you know, So it was about leaning into self-care a little bit. I did retreat from the world quite a lot. I stopped talking to some of my friends who I didn't feel safe talking about it with. Um, I sought out new friends who I did feel comfortable talking about it with. I was lucky that I had a phenomenal coach at the time who helped me um, 
work with what was coming up. So um, we did a lot of energy work. Um, she taught me a lot of tools that I use now in my own work, but also uh, just held space for me to fall apart a little bit. Um, it was deeply uncomfortable for me because I didn't talk to my wife about it um, and didn't really um, acknowledge that anything was going on uh, in that space to her or to you know my family at large. So it, yeah, it was it was a, a combination of things. I definitely think um, there was a almost a sense of inevitability about it as well. Like I kind of knew that it wasn't something that I could undo or something that I could control. It was just something that I had to go through, and I continually reminded myself to look for the positive aspects of it. Um, and when things felt really, really hard, leaning into those positive aspects of it definitely helped. So, yeah, it was a combination of having the good people and, you know, really robust um, self-care, I think, um, making sure that, you know, if I needed needed help that I asked for it and those sorts of things, which, you know, for someone like me was really uncomfortable. It's not something I am traditionally very good with. So, um yeah, it was it it was challenging and it challenged a lot of the conditioning that I had carried up until that point and it challenged a lot of um, who I was. But what's interesting for me is that it came at a point where I'd already started doing the work to decondition. So I'd already started working with a coach around some of my beliefs and around some of my experiences and had already come to an awareness that some of the stuff that I believed to be true for me was not my truth. It was truth that I'd collected from other people or inherited from other people. And, um, and so going through the spiritual awakening process, it was kind of, it just sped that stuff up as well. Um, and that was really an important part of it. In terms, I mean, we met because I'm um, talking in a summit about self-acceptance and the big thing that you spoke about at that time was the fact that you had had this experience that you were stepping into this psychic mediumship and you were able to do it but you weren't able to tell your wife about it now she's going through a similar experience do you think that that would have played out differently had you told her about it do you think and I know you know this is just hypothetical because obviously you can't change it but I'm interested in talking to your loved ones like sharing stuff like that with people that are hugely important to you can feel really scary and can feel really because there's a whole sense of what if they judge me on this what if they what if they don't accept me what if what if what if yeah what would you tell somebody who was feeling the way that you did that you didn't tell anyone like what what is your advice around that what do you, do you are you glad that you did it the way you did it is there with hindsight you'd have done things differently well, I'm just interested in yeah. I mean, your thoughts on that because we've never had this conversation before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now let's have it in front of everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think like I I firmly believe in no regrets. Like, there's no point in beating myself up about how it went down or could I have done something differently. That being said, I actually don't think that. And and this is a conversation my wife and I have had very very recently, like in the last three or four days. I actually don't think that she would have been receptive to having the conversation or to acknowledging in the way that I needed it to be acknowledged what was happening for me. Um, you know, part of her spiritual awakening process is, has been about understanding um, that what she 
what she thinks and what is true aren't the same. And that's been really uncomfortable for her to come to that understanding. And I think the thing for me is that if I had said to her two years ago that this was all happening, she was of the firm belief that all of that stuff was just a load of bollocks and um, and probably would have isolated me further from her. I don't know if our relationship would have been as robust as it is now if we'd had to navigate that um, because I think there would have been a firm wedge between us. But the other part of it, I think, is that I genuinely believe that I had to go through it first so that I can stand in support for her going through it now with more power and and strength. I think, you know, having been through it and having navigated my own kind of awareness that actually maybe what is going on is actually just legit and not something that shows me I'm going crazy um, allows me to stand in support of her and say, actually, it's okay. Like, whatever you're going through, we can go through together and you're not going crazy. And, um, you know, reconnecting her to her ancestors and um, connecting her to the guidance that allows her to keep moving forward in in her own process has been a real gift for us. Um, It's allowed us to be more open about who we are and what we want and, and all of that sort of stuff. But I think the advice I would give is trust your knowing around that stuff. I knew that she wasn't ready for it, but I knew as soon as she opened the door that I could share more over time and that she wouldn't just be accepting of it, but she'd be grateful for it. And that's how it's played out. And um, so, yeah, trust your knowing around it. If you know that someone um, is going to to treat you, like really test whether that is an intuitive knowing or whether that's just your ego trying to keep you safe. Um, And if it's an intuitive knowing, um, then, you know, seek guidance from your, from your intuition, from your spirit guides or however you're going through that process around how you can support them to move forward in their own journey and, and break down that resistance to hearing it. Um, for me, my coach told me to talk to my wife while she was sleeping. I was going to say, do you think you actually facilitate this by talking to her while she was sleeping? Yes, yes, I do. And she does too, actually. She's like, it's your fault. It's all your fault that this is happening. Um, yeah, I used to talk to her when she was sleeping. Um, when she was lying next to me and she was fast asleep, I used to tell her everything that was going on for me. I used to tell her I was afraid that she wouldn't be okay with it. I used to tell her that all I wanted from her is for her to look at me and see all of me and love it anyway. Um, And, you know, and now we've got to a place where that is very much the case, but um, it took a little bit of time. And, you know, I think the thing about it for me is that I'm so inspired by her own bravery going into the process um, that I do feel a little bit like I let her down by not showing her mine. Um, But at the same time, you know, like I said, there's no regrets about it what I've had to go through and now what she's going through, um, you know, that it's serving us. It's serving us as a partnership. It's serving us as individuals. It's serving us as parents. Um, and so, you know, in that respect, there can be no no regrets or sadness about it, you know. Mm. But tell us about yours because we've talked a lot about mine or well, I've talked <laughs> a lot about mine, but I know yours has been very different and almost like a, 
um, there's been a couple of peaks almost and a couple of troughs and like, so navigate that for us. Yeah. So I think for me, like, interestingly, mine was very much around that 2011, 2012, when the, the world was starting to shift, which of course, at the time I didn't have any clue about because I didn't <laughs> know about any of this stuff. Yeah. But I remember for me, um, it was actually getting into a really dark place. It was the fact that I was, I remember I was working in London at the time. I was living in Northampton back in the UK. I was commuting in. So I was spending sort of four hours commuting daily, doing a job, coming home. I mean, the, Can I, we just I was acknowledge how nuts that is, first and foremost. Oh, fuck. I look at it now. I'm like, what in God's name was I thinking? Like, it was completely mental. But people do this. Like, you know, people yeah. listening to this may well be on their commute. So um, it is. I'm, I'm hoping that with all the changes that have gone on in the world with COVID in the last two years, that people are starting to recognise that it is mental. But certainly I, I did it and I did it for a year and it was, um, I existed basically for a year. I, I was definitely um, drinking a lot more than I, I should do because it was the kind of only way to really, um, I didn't know what to do with myself, to be honest. I just didn't know. I just knew I was deeply unhappy and yet when I looked at my life, there was nothing I could be particularly unhappy about. I had an amazing job um, in an incredible venue working with great people. I had wonderful friends. I had a supportive family. I had a beautiful home. You know, I had all of the things. And yet I had this deep sadness within me that I just couldn't I couldn't explain. Um, and as you well know, um, I don't do well when I can't find answers to things. So um, I am a natural detective when it comes to trying to find things out. And um, and I think looking back on it now, that's how I can see that I was in a really dark place because I couldn't find, I, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. So I was incredibly lucky, um, you know, I think, yeah, I, I put it down to luck that actually my mum who, you know, bless her is not, you know, she doesn't do deep. She'll, she'll quite happily open that. I think she's a lot deeper than she lets on, but she's always stood in her. I don't do deep. So when I tried to talk to her about, you know, feeling just really not knowing what was going on and she said, oh, you know, why don't you talk to Elaine? Cause you know, Elaine's wonderful. And she does all this sort of stuff. She does crystals, you know, talk to her. She'll, she'll be fantastic for you. So she kind of, she knew she couldn't handle it. So she pointed me in a direction of somebody who would and I am still eternally grateful and always will be to Elaine for the work that she did with me she was incredible she opened my eyes to the possibility that there was more out there that there was more to me than I'd ever ever believed was possible and through her incredible generosity and kindness she helped me like open that door you talk about opening that door to seeing what else is out there and she was very much that person who did that um I went and had crystal healing sessions with her and we basically just released and shifted a whole load of stuff that I've been carrying for a really long time and even at that stage I was still very guarded around what I shared and what you know those deep dark parts of yourself that you don't want others to know about there was still you know a, a huge amount of me that was very you know private about that but at the same time, with the work she was doing with calling in spirit guides, with connecting me to my higher self, that stuff was being dealt with without me actually having to talk about it. And I am, like I said, incredibly grateful for that opportunity. And from that, I thought, you know, there is more than this. And as we know, I like learning stuff and I like to, um, you know, know as much as I possibly can about anything. So I thought I'd do a crystal healing course, which I, I subsequently did and um, absolutely loved it. And that was another opportunity to go deeper into it. There was still um, 
definitely spaces that I was not comfortable going into. I did a, a workshop about shamanic um, shamanic healing and I thought, well, you know, this will be interesting, learn something else. Well, when we all got our bits of stick and started hitting each other with it, I was like, whoa, this is, I, I've reached my level of where I'm at with my spiritual awakening. Retreat, retreat, this is too much for me. So I always, you know, and we talk about that challenge I had with, you know, the the whole concept of spirituality, that it was a certain, you had to be a certain type of person and you had to wear certain clothes, and you had to have certain hair and all of that sort of stuff. And I think the first part of my um, awakening journey was about starting to let go of some of those those ideals and some of those conditions that I'd, I'd placed on being able to, you know, own my spiritual self. You know, I didn't talk about it with many people at all. I kept it very, very private. You know, I'd sit in my um, room and journal and I'd, you know, get my crystals out and I'd do all of this stuff, but I didn't speak about it openly really at all. Um, except with one friend at, at work who was doing a Reiki course and the two of us sort of had this beautiful connection. And, and it was around that time I realized that, I needed to be, I wasn't meant to be doing the corporate world. That wasn't actually where I was meant to be. I mean, it took me another number of years to actually do anything about it. But I remember that was when I started really exploring it and looking into, you know, what else could I be doing? And I guess I started listening to my intuition. I think that was the the other piece that that lowness was I couldn't have I couldn't have told you anything about what I was meant to do or anything like that I was so disconnected you know I'd spent a number of years disconnecting from myself and I look back and you know think about my 20s and I remember being in certain you know certain parties or in bars or in these places with you know having wonderful time but not feeling like I fitted there and I think that I spent a lot of time in that space without necessarily realizing that that wasn't okay like that that wasn't normal so I think being able to start to connect in with that intuition and, and the, well, the crystal healing definitely helped with that that connection to spirit guides that's something that I've always you know felt has really spoken to me you know connecting with my angels that started to help that that whole experience so the intuition was probably the piece that then I really sort of ran with and started to be much more aware of, you know, finally taking um, note of doing things that I should have probably done, you know, many years before when I got the nudges. Um, so I think that was kind of the, the first part. So that was probably, you know, 18 months, two years, really dived into it and then ended up moving to New Zealand, you know, following following that intuition, having been through a number of fairly sort of up and down experiences to, to get here. And all of the spiritual stuff apart from this wonderful bookshop um, on Willis Street in Wellington called Pinnacle Books. That was my sneaky little um, bit that I would actually go and like explore and they had all these wonderful books and I'd chat to the lady there and I'd buy my oracle cards and I would be able to do that. But again, I never shared it with anybody. You know, I was working in sport. It was not a place for spirituality particularly. So I still kept it very much in my little, little world. And then I guess that the I sort of lived and you know trusted my intuition and you know allowed myself to be guided in terms of where I was meant to be and and all of that sort of stuff but in terms of the the next sort of step in that awakening where I sort of connected even more deeply it was probably after having Emily um and you know becoming a mum for me was it wasn't something I ever expected it wasn't something that I'd ever had on my to-do list um Otherwise, I'd probably have done it sooner, to be perfectly honest. You know, it's definitely if something's on the list, it gets done. But but that wasn't. And as much as 
it wasn't what I expected when it happened it was amazing but it also challenged me in in ways I didn't think would happen um you know it was very much this whole having been purely me for I think I was 34 35 when I had her 36 somewhere around then Um, those years are all a little bit of a muddle to me I wouldn't have been able to tell you at the time how old I was um and then suddenly having this little human that that needed me was amazing but at the same time really difficult and I had definitely had a, a number of I wouldn't say really low times but times of questioning and that was when it really like the, the questioning started to happen again. So it was actually really like connecting in and understanding that there was there was much more than, again, just just me in the space. It was kind of like that reawakening, I suppose. And and that's when I started, you know, bringing a lot more of what I do into the work that I now do. Um, I actually took the plunge to become a coach and, and to step away from the corporate world I'd lived in before. And actually started living more in alignment, I suppose, is, is probably what happened for the second one. I actually not only knew, you know, had my knowing about what was going on, I was able to act on it with a lot more confidence that it was it was right. I'd sort of taken that time to build up that trust in my intuition. And then it was kind of like the next logical step was to bring it more into my life. So um yeah that was probably and then you know I mean god there's still ups and downs I still I'm still on that journey I I I would say you know I still have many books and many things to read and listen to and all of that sort of stuff and and I think that's what I love about it is that it's it's not a da-da it's happened you are awake la we're all sorted it's you know it's this ongoing evolution of who we are and and the more we're willing to experience it and all of the parts and explore what's interesting what lights us up what doesn't the, the further along that journey we're, we're able to go. And, and that just, to me, is, is hugely exciting. So would you say then, so what, what I am taking away from your journey is that um, that sense of curiosity is probably the indicator for you that it's time to start that exploration. Would that be true? Like that there's just a, a sense that, I just feel like maybe there's something I don't know that I want to know or that I should know or that I need to know to serve me. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think it's almost it's almost deeper than that. It's almost that remembering that there's something more. So it's almost like I've, I've always known that there is more than just my humanness. Like I've, I've had that belief for as long as I can remember, you know, that I don't particularly subscribe to any particularly religious belief. And I always remember, you know, as a teenager talking about how people come into your life at certain times when you need them, you'll have that connection with a person at that moment. You know, I always remember the the example I always used to give was that, you know, you're walking down the street having a crappy day and you just feel like shit and you'll catch somebody's eye and they'll smile at you or they'll just nod or you don't feel alone. And that's how I always described god or spirit or universe that it was within us so i've always known that it was within us i don't think i knew how to almost let it out i suppose (laughs) you know i don't think i realized yeah i don't think i realized that i could be an active part in that that it wasn't just running through me it was actually me and i think that's what i've been able to to learn and embrace and experience um sort of over the past few years i've kind of encountered anymore 2011 so it's a long 12 long years yeah. yeah yeah so you know people talk a little bit about coming out of the spiritual closet uh and you know I've kind of covered a little bit of that for me but in terms of your 
spiritual coming out as such or um, because I know you have a number of friends now who share similar beliefs, um, similar practices, that kind of thing. Like what was that process like for you and how pivotal was that in finding comfort in your own process? Mm, I think it kind of normalized it a, a little bit. But what I noticed was that when I got brave enough to speak about it and to to talk about it with people who I didn't necessarily know what their beliefs were or anything like that but I started to be a lot braver in speaking what was true for me and sharing what I believed as soon as I started doing that everybody was interested in it oh just tell me a little bit well what does that you know and that's what I noticed was that people would as soon as you gave them permission to explore it they were interested and willing to explore it. It was kind of like, it felt like everybody was going through their awakening or that that curiosity or that that sense of knowing, but didn't really know what to do with any of it until mm. somebody said, oh, you know what? I've really believed this or I've been exploring this or I've been reading about this. And actually talking about reading about it was a really great way to bring it because you can kind of like palm it off as somebody else's thoughts and then gauge like what everyone else around you is thinking and then be like, oh, yeah, I totally believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) how crazy are these people? Let's test it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think being able to do that, it kind of gave other people permission to discuss and find their own. And, Mm. you know, I'm incredibly lucky with the people I surround myself with now that and and I've always like I've always had incredibly wonderful um, people in my life who have supported me. The ones at the moment are very much connected to that awakening, and and we're all on this journey together. And it's really nice having some buddies to, you know, to talk about what the moon's doing at the moment, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> and a business partner to do the same as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think um yeah, it's interesting. Like that permission piece is really important. I think. Um, not just giving yourself permission, but giving, it's almost like giving the universe permission to allow those people to to connect with you. Um, I think there's there's much to be said for acknowledging what's going on for you and that, you know, whatever your comfort level with it, giving the universe permission to serve you with what is necessary so that you can move forward and so that you can grow um, is really important, I think. And something that you know, as part of the spiritual awakening journey, I think we underplay a little bit. You know, I'm a firm believer that it will happen the way that is best for you. And it may not feel good at the time, but it will serve you in ways that you need and that you can't get another way. And, you know, so basically acknowledging that and being willing to to stand in the shit or to um, do the hard stuff or to, you know, be open to receiving whatever's coming. I think that gives the universe kind of the okay to say, right, I'm in, I'm all in on this. Let's do it. And, uh, and, and I don't think it has to always be really uncomfortable either. No. I think actually, you know, for me, the, the harder bit was before, before I did it, like mm. the lowness that I was in before I had my awakening was way harder than any of the experiences I've had Yeah, being open to it, like way harder, like not being connected was harder for me. But, you know, at the same time, that's not true for everybody. So I think whatever it is, is that's going on for you, be okay with that. Um, And if it's easy breezy, fucking awesome. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I think thumbs up and enjoy. (laughs) I I think you're right. I think um, like for me, you know, obviously it was really deeply uncomfortable for probably the first 
I would say maybe nine months to 12 months, but the last year has actually been really beautiful. I've been able to navigate, um, you know, building a business with you and um, bringing my spirituality forward in that space. Um, I've been able to navigate exploration around what interests me and what I feel called to. And, you know, some of that I've parked for later and some of it I've dived into and other parts of it I've gone through and then kind of not really been felt like I needed to go further. But, you know, like there's definitely... I don't want people to think that just because it happened really fast that it was all bad and uncomfortable. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm a firm believer that spirituality and connecting with your spirituality should feel light and fun and easy, like on a permanent basis. That's what it should look like on a long-term basis. Um, But there will be times when it's hard, even for for people like you who have a a much slower burn, um, there are still times when you get closer to the fire than you might like and it, and it, does burn and it's uncomfortable and then you have to kind of back up and reassess and and reconnect and I think the the key takeaway that I want to leave our our audience with today is that no one can tell you whether it's right or wrong Um, there is no right or wrong and no one can tell you that it's good or bad if you're going through it it's always for your highest good even when it feels bad and really just you know the key I think to anyone going through this process is that you go through it with um, some self-compassion and that you find people or someone, whether it's, you know, in a paid capacity, like working with people like us or working with a coach or a therapist or whatever, or whether it's about calling in your support network, your partner, your parents, your sisters, friends, whatever, finding people who will hold you when it gets hard and who will stand beside you when you start to take the leap and fly. And doing that, I think, enables you to to find the courage that you need. Like I often talk about um, Ellie being my brave um, at times. Uh, My wife is my brave at other times. I need that, you know, and I'm completely okay with needing that. That's my human part of me. Um, so I, I just want to encourage people to really, you know, if you're going through it, if you're not sure if you're going through it, or if you're, you know, finding it difficult or you feel a bit stuck in it, there are always people who will come into your life and who will help you, guide you, serve you in whatever way is necessary for you to move forward and to grow and learn and heal and all of those things. And you just have to be open to that and open to receiving that and open to asking for it if you need it. And our door is always open. You know, you can reach out. If you go to our website, you can contact us. You can book calls with us. Um, We'll always be glad to sit and talk about what's happening. Um, But equally go out into the world with um, a sense of knowing that whatever you need is out there you just have to be open to seeing it and then going after it. Yeah, absolutely. All of what she said. Um, but it is, it, if it's feeling uncomfortable and, and a little bit like you could do with some help, you know, do reach out. We're, we're more than willing to chat about it. We've both had different experiences, but I think that provides us, um, you know, good 
place to talk about it. So um, hope you've enjoyed today. Um, it's been really fun um, sharing a little bit about our background and how we've got here. So um, we'd love to um, hear your thoughts. If you you know think there's anyone who would benefit from listening to this, please you know feel free to share share away, like, subscribe, hit some you know stars and all of that stuff. Um, the more the merrier. We would be most grateful, and we will see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of She Is Wise. If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favorite podcast platform, share with all your friends, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.